Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go. So today I want to talk about if you're taking notes, if uh, if you're taking notes physically and if you're not, I want you to at least take notes in your mind or in your heart or pull out your phone, whatever, because I fully believe this is something the Lord gave me um, uh, today. The title of today is it's going to look different. It's going to look different. Lindsay, that's that's not proper English. That's right. It's gonna G-O-N-N-A. It's gonna look different. If you know me, there's nothing proper about me. I am who I am. I am made in the image of God. Mm. I am made in the image of God. That's why the devil loves to make you feel insecure. Did you know that your existence is a constant reminder of two things? It's a constant reminder of, uh, of the relationship that he once had with God, and he will never get again. And it's also a reminder of what's coming, which is his end. If you don't get anything today, get that. Your existence, the fact that you are sitting right here breathing alive and well. Well, Lindsay, I don't have a million dollars in the bank or, or I don't have the greatest job or, or I'm still single or, or what? Are the, no, 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 no. Just you. Don't, you, you don't. No matter what you bring to the table, your existence does two things. It reminds the devil of the relationship that he once had with the father and will never have again. And it reminds him of what's coming, which is his eternal end. His eternal end. He knows it's coming. So what does he like to do? He likes to pick and poke, pick and poke and jab, likes to stir up. You know, I have this friend that uh, he, always, he used to describe himself. He would say, Lindsay, I'm the straw that stirs the drink. That's what the devil likes to do. The devil likes to be that straw that stirs that confusion, that stirs that chaos in your heart, that stirs that, that, that anxiety. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that disruption. He, uh, mm, I'll, hey, Somebody needs to get that. So, all, so if it feels kind of chaotic, you need to take a step back and say, okay, Lord, where's the, what, what, what's the devil trying to stir up here? What's the devil trying to stir up here? And in fact, we all should be, uh, you, you should be able to, to puff your chest up a little bit when the moment of chaos or the moment of frustration or friction comes in your life. Oh, man, he, he's jealous of me. Otherwise, he wouldn't be doing this. Oh, man, he's jealous of me. Yes, life happens. Yes, bills are due. Yes, uh, people get sick. Yeah, all these different things. But I'm talking about that, that stuff that you just don't have any explanation of. God, why is this happening? Oh, um, I must be making the devil jealous. Oh, he don't like mm, mm. No matter how much money I got in the bank, I still make him jealous. No matter what my, uh, what my GPA was in high school, I still make him jealous. Not because of anything I bring, but because I am alive and well. Why? Because I'm created in the image of God. Why? Because you are created in the image of God. You are created in the image of God. You are created in the image of God. I'm going to say it one more time. You are created in the image of who? God. Hallelujah. It's going to look different. What God wants to do in the earth through you, it's going to look different. In Judges chapter 6, I'm going to read verses 1 through 13 in the CSB. CSB. The Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord handed them over to Midian seven years. 
and they oppressed Israel because Midian, the Israelites, made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites, uh, Amalekites, and the people of the east came and attacked them. They encamped against them and destroyed the produce of the land, even as far as Gaza. They left nothing for Israel to eat, as well as no sheep, ox, or donkey, for the Midianites came with their cattle and their tents like a great swarm of locusts. They and their camels were without number, and they entered the land to lay waste to it. So Israel became poverty-stricken because of Midian. Uh, Midan, we'll say that. And the Israelites cried out to the Lord. When the Israelites cried out to him because of them, the Lord sent a prophet to them. And he said this. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I brought you out of Egypt and out of the place of slavery. I rescued you. I rescued you from the power of the land. I said to you, I am the Lord, your God. Do not fear the God of the Amorites whose land you have lived in. But you did not obey me. The angel of the Lord came and he sat under the oak that was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash. His son Gideon was was threshing wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Mennonites. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said this. The Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Gideon said this. I want you to watch this. Gideon said this. Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? They said, hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. This is Judges chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. Uh, there's a phrase that Gideon responded when the Lord said, valid warrior, rise up. He said, he said, please, my Lord, if the Lord really is with us, and I don't know if your translation reads this, but when it says please, it says please, and there's a comma. So my, you know, the Lindsay Mountain translation, I envision Gideon saying, please, 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 my Lord, if the Lord is really with us, listen to the sarcasm he gives us. If he gives them, if the Lord is really with us, why has all this happened? And where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? So what's going on here? <clears throat> The nation of Israel has fallen captive to the enemy. Once again, the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, has fallen captive to the enemy for seven years is what verse one and two said for seven years. So in the midst of them being in captive and listen, they they were they were in uh, literally the uh, the enemy had them surrounded so much that whenever they would try to plant their own crops, they would come and burn their fields. Whenever they would try to, uh, to try to raise livestock, the enemy would come and destroy their livestock. Why? Because the enemy wanted them so, uh, so dependent upon them. Then the enemy didn't want them to, to have any, any, uh, any ounce of independency, any ounce of courage. Why? Because they, they, they had them captive. And as the Bible says that as Gideon is literally, uh, is literally laying wheat on the threshing floor, he's having to hide it from the enemy. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, Valent warrior, get up and rise. And he says, if you really are from the Lord, tell me, how come we haven't seen the same things that our ancestors witnessed? And what he's referring to, he's referring to the nation of Israel being delivered from Pharaoh. He's, he's saying, listen, God, if you're really with us, then why are we going through this? Why are we going through this? And, it, and it, you know, Gideon's statement, it sounds like the prayers of the saints today in 2022. You know, like some have a God. Really, God, where are you at, God? Amen. Oh, Lord. Uh, the other, uh, what was it, Friday? Yeah, Friday. I was working. 
And bless, bless her heart, I have this one coworker. I always, uh, yeah, I, I, my, my flesh always kicks in when I'm around her as far as I always judge how I'm doing based off of her. And you can't do that. So learn from me. Don't, don't look at somebody and compare your race to them. You know, run your race, stay in your lane, da, da, da. But I always look. If she, you know, I, uh, if I'm moving slow, but she's moving slower, I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm doing good. You know, if, uh, if I get back before her, I'm like, okay, it was a good day. Don't matter how many, if I missed a house and I had to retrace my steps, all these different things, whenever I call to check out, uh, to clock out or whatever, I always ask, hey, is so-and-so still working? Yeah, they're still on the road. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll just make sure. And I remember Friday, got back to work, and the way, it, the, way the process works, once you get back to work, or get back to the post office, you know, you bring all the bins in, the empty tubs, um, all the package markers, you put everything back that you've used throughout the day, uh, empty your trash. Um, if you have any stuff that you had to bring back, you know, you put them in the proper places. And then you have to call the supervisor and they, open, they log in the computer to see if you still have any existing packages that you need to deliver. If you don't, you get to go home. And for most part, nine times out of 10 for me, it's always clear, Lindsay, you did a job, good. Give me your times, and I tell them what time I came in, what time I got on the road, what time I got back, all that, very specific. And uh, uh, so I remember Friday, I'm getting back, and I'm like, I'm, I can see the post office, I'm home free, and there's this big oak tree that's like right behind there. So as the road curves, and I come around, I see the full picture of the post office, there's that coworker, and I was like, oh God, she beat me, oh Lord. Man, where was you at, God? You, I prayed you're supposed to help me today, Jesus. For real, Lord? For real? Ah. You know, we all have those moments where, you know, something happens that's not to our liking. And we instantly blame God. We instantly blame, watch this, we blame his loyalty. We blame his faithfulness. Like, come on, God. I fasted back a month ago. Why is these bills still due? Lord, I fasted a month ago. Why I got to get the car fixed? Lord, I thought, Lord, you said I was your chosen. You said I'm the apple of your eye. Why I got all these rashes? Why I got all this stuff? And Gideon, he is literally saying, please, my Lord, if you are really with us, why has all this happened? Watch this. And where are all the wonders that our ancestor told us about? So therefore, he's questioning if God really is with him, if God really is for him, if God really loves him, because he hasn't seen the same things he's seen in the past. And see, that's where we are. I, uh, the, uh, the, the, what sparked all this was one morning I was getting ready, uh, I, was, I was getting ready for work. And I, and I found myself, I was like, you know, I just need to spend some time with the Lord. And I began to think about a previous time that I spent with the Lord, and it was an amazing time, and the song I had playing, and the room I was in, and what I was wearing, and instantly my first reaction was, oh man, I don't have time to create that. And then I snapped out of it, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, that, was, that was just a one, one and done. That was just, that, the, am I really filtering how I'm going to approach God based off of how I've done it in the past? Well, I can't recreate that moment. I can't even remember what I was wearing. I remember the song, but I found myself, I found myself guilt tripping myself because I didn't have that certain song playing. And as, as and I'm pretty sure we all understand this, but a lot of times we filter our approach to God based off how we've done it in the past. Amen. And watch this. That is a dangerous thing. That is a dangerous thing because Gideon is literally saying, you're, you're not with me because if you was with me, the same things you did in the past, the raising the sea, 
splitting the sea so everybody could walk through, and then crashing it down on, on Pharaoh. Uh, the rain and the fire, rain, all these different miracles, the cloud by day and the fire by night. If he was really with me, we see all that again. We see all that again. But see, if you're going to follow God, it's going to look different. Somebody say it's going to look different. So understand this, <clears throat> the same thing happened uh, again to the nation of Israel years later when they were captured by Babylon. The same thing happened in Isaiah chapter 43. If you have, I want you to turn there. Um, it's Isaiah chapter 43. We'll stay in the same translation. Isaiah chapter 43, but Gideon's statement, it, it, it sounds like our prayers that we pray today. Not just the bride of Christ, but the church, church, this specific church, us as followers of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And that's not good. We want to we wanna get a hold of that. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 43, I'm going to start. I think it's uh, verse 16. We're going to be verse 16 through 19, just three verses. But what's going on here while you're turning there and while you're getting it ready? <clears throat> the nation of Israel has fallen captive to another enemy. Enemy called Babylon. They have fallen captive to this enemy. And, and I should have said this with the, you know, when we were reading about Gideon, uh, we read in the verses, literally, it, you know, Gideon questioned God, like, well, why are we in captive to the enemy? He said, you're in captive because of sin. You're in captive because you haven't been doing what I've asked you to do. And the same thing is found in, in this, in verse 16 of Isaiah chapter 43. <clears throat> do I have in the CSB? Did I put it in the CSB? I did. Good job, Lindsay. All right. Verse 16, this is what the Lord says, says through Isaiah. This is what the Lord says, who makes a way in the sea and a path through raging water, who brings out the chariot and horse, the army and the mighty one together. They lie down. They do not rise again. They are extinguished, put out like a wick. He's talking about what he did uh, with splitting the sea. So Isaiah says all that. And then he says, the Lord says, do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to the things of old. Time out. I think it's very interesting how Isaiah reminds the people of who God is. He reminds them of who God is. God, the same God that, that split the seas. Can you, can you imagine that? Uh, we'll just take Beach Lake, for example. You know, you get ready, uh, you know, you park out there, go to Beach Lake, park out there, feed the little ducks, you know, throw them a couple of chicken nuggets or whatever, throw them some fries. When I was in high school, I used to love go out there, throw them fries. I don't, you know, that's what it is. They say don't feed them. But I'm like, eh, you know, they don't want no crackers. Give them some fries. You know, give them some potatoes, seasoned potatoes. But can you imagine you're out there at Beach Lake and all of a sudden you stand out there and next thing you know, you, uh, you get ready to step in the sea just, or the ocean, or not ocean, excuse me, the lake just splits, splits in half. And you can see the ground and the water is raised up. Standing still. And the fish, they're still swimming. They're not affected by this. Because God is that, is that, is that, he's that detailed, he's that smart, he's that creative. Isaiah begins to remind the people of who God is and what he's done. And what's so cool about it is he reminds them of what God has done. But then the next words that God tells him to say is this. He says, do not. What is it? He says, do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to the things of old. It's interesting how Isaiah reminds us of God's highlights, but then warns us not to remember the past events. In other words, God is faithful, but do not limit him. In other words, God is faithful, but do not limit him. See, the, the whole point of us remembering what he's delivered us from is to remind us that, guess what, he can, he can, he, he's good. 
He's, his money and his, his check don't bounce. He's good. He, he can back up what he's saying. That's the purpose of, of us remembering what he's done for. I mean, we can all go around the room and talk about all the different ways that he's made a way out of no way. We can all talk about all the moments that he's delivered us, all the sicknesses that he's delivered us from, all the things he's prevented us from, how he's healed us from, the, from a wrong childhood or how he's healed us from people abandoning us or leaving us. In, we can all paint the walls with those testimonies. However, those testimonies cannot be the filter of what you expect from God. Those testimonies cannot be the filter of how you approach him. The Lord said to Isaiah, do not remember the past events. Do not remember the things of old. Why? Because they're tempted. It's so tempting to be like, okay, God, well, you moved in 98. That's when our heyday was or our heyday was in 2001. You was doing all the what songs were we singing? Lindsay, we need to sing those songs again. Lindsay, you remember when we used to sing this? Buddy, we needed the glory of fall right then. Man, you know what? We was, we was suited and booted in 98. We need to go back to suit and tie. That'll, that'll usher in their presence. It's easy. It's easy. We laugh, but it's easy to remember when things, the good old days. The good old days. We all, we all the good old days. One of my favorite sports colonists, he said that the problem with the good old days is you, you kind of have amnesia about the bad parts of the good old days. And you only remember the good parts of the good old days. Well, guess what? The good old days were just days. And what God is saying is, it's great to remember what he's delivered you from. Do not forget. Do not forget. But at the same time, do not let that be a hindrance. Don't let it limit and put parameters on what you expect God to do. And unfortunately, as Jesus followers, we have put parameters on who we think God is and how he's going to work in our life. And how he sees us in our life. We just put parameters on God and it hasn't been intentional. A lot of times it's just, it's, it, we, don't, we don't pay attention. We're like, oh, you know, this is, one of my fa- this is one of my favorite songs. It always brings in the glory of God. This, and we end up praying to that one song seven days a week or three days a week. Every week, every, this, there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, what if God wants to do something new? What if there's another song that he wants to usher in the glory through? Can we, can we be open enough? Doesn't mean that we, that we okay, we got to throw that song away and never listen to it. No, 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 no. It's like a buffet. It's like a ever. It's like a never-ending buffet. They keep bringing extra space out, extra bins out. What you normally eat gets moved to the left, and they add another item, add another item, add another item. As you're following Jesus, are you adding another dimensions? Because listen, in Second Corinthians chapter three, verse fifteen, we'll go there at the end. I'm I'm already spoiling it. But God's aim for your life is for you to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. From glory to glory. From glory to glory. Somebody say, it's going to look different. Listen, God doesn't perform the same miracle twice. God doesn't perform the same miracle twice. We only read one time when he split the seas. We only read one time when he rained manna from heaven. We only read one time when uh, Gideon, when he asked Gideon to, to dwindle his army down. To, to I think it was like maybe 100 people or so. It was a very small number. We only see that, excuse me, we only see that, uh, we only see one time when the walls of Jericho fell down because the nation of Israel decided to sing. Mm. Hey, I ain't going to go there, but I kind of want to go there. It was their praise. It was praising to God because I know a lot of times we come to church and people expect, you know, I'm going to sing the songs, but there's, you know, I'm just singing and going through the motion. No, there's power in it. There's power in it. 
By the same time, God said through, uh, through Isaiah, do not remember the past events. Do not remember the things of old. In other words, God is faithful, but do not limit him. We only see one time that Jesus goes to the cross and raises from the dead. God's not, God's not in the business of performing the same miracle twice. Amen? As much as I love Steph Curry, Steph Curry is my second favorite. He's my third favorite player. He's my third favorite player. Ultimately, Michael Jordan, number one. Penny Hardaway, just because I got history with Penny. Love Penny. And then Steph Curry's right there. Steph is bumping up number two, possibly. But at the end of the day, Steph does the same thing he does every night. He shoots a three. He shoots a three from the parking lot every night. But at the same time, that's, that's what he does. He performs that over and over and over. But that's, that's, his, that's his hat trick. That's what he can do. God, God is not limited to one single event. God is not limited to one song. God is not limited to one type of worship. God is not limited to one style of praying. God is not limited to one outfit. God is not limited to one day of week. God is not limited to one night a week. God is not limited to one translation. God is not limited to one year. God is not limited. Watch this. Unless we put the limits on him. Unless we put the chains on him. And I'll be honest, who in here wants to chain up a lion? I didn't, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Uh, there's this one author, I think it's C.S. Lewis. He describes, he says, you know, we don't have to defend God. So many times, so many, uh, uh, so there's certain types of denominations that love to defend the gospel. You know, we need to be apologetics and defend the gospel. One author, he describes it. God doesn't need your defense. It, you know, to defend a lion or to defend God, it's like you trying to defend the lion. You, you don't defend the lion. You just open up the cage and the lion, the lion will take care of itself. Amen. Why? Because the lion is a lion. God is God. He doesn't need us. He chooses us. He chooses. He, he desires us. And he doesn't choose us based off of what we bring to the table, but he chooses us based off of his love. He's like, I love Ashley. I want Ashley. Sure, I love Anthony. I want Anthony. Sure, I love Dre. I want Dre. Sure, I love them so much that I sent my son to the cross for them. God doesn't perform the same miracle twice. It's going to look different. What he wants to do in your life, it, it will look different. <clears throat> Tom, back in, as far as I know, I know I split the scripture, but I want to go back into it. The next verse literally says, look, <clears throat> Jesus, or the, the Spirit of God speaks through Isaiah and says, Look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it's coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. So God promises to do yet greater things for them than he had done in the days of old so that they should not have reason to complain like Gideon did. He promised them that I'm going to do something new So for two reasons, for multiple reasons. One of the reasons was so they couldn't complain like Gideon. You know, we read earlier where Gideon was like, God, if it's really you, how come you haven't performed the same miracle? But he did it so they wouldn't complain like Gideon, and he also did it so they, uh, so they wouldn't see the same miracle repeated, but they, so they can see the miracles could be outdone by him. God's not in the business, let me break it down like this, or say it this way. God's not in the business of doing the same miracle twice. He's in the business of outdoing himself. He's in the business of outdoing him, and he does it without breaking a sweat. He does it with ease. He may have delivered you from a, a bad childhood this way, but guess what? The way he's going to allow you to parent your kids is going to be a whole nother miracle. 
or he may deliver you from a certain uh, sickness or a certain disease or certain uh, the the posture of work or the the bad environment. However it is, whatever God has delivered you from, he's in the business of outdoing that. Amen. And it's with these. It's with these. Somebody say it's with these. <clears throat> it's going to look different. So I want to unpack some more things. God is not repeating his methods. He doesn't repeat his methods in order for us or he doesn't repeat his methods so we can't create a formula that leads us to become dependent on his methods, but so we can become more dependent in him. The reason God doesn't perform the same miracle twice is so you and I, we don't create a formula that allows us to depend on his methods. He doesn't want us dependent on his methods. He wants us dependent in him. David said, Lord, I seek your face, not your hand. Lord, I seek your face, not your hand. And even this morning as I was praying, I had to fight that temptation of, well, I need a certain song playing because right now I'm just tired. I haven't had coffee in a few days, literally in a few days, not fasting, just ain't got it. I ain't had coffee in a few days. And I'm like, God, I ain't got coffee. Ah, these kids, oh, my God, I got an hour before we all got to get up. Lord, I, just, I, I, I need to play that song in order to get me there. I need to play that one song to get me there. And I'm having to fight the temptation. No, I don't. Because when Jesus was on the cross dying for my sins, the song wasn't playing. The, the scene wasn't, you know, the, 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 the room, the, the outside around there, it didn't smell like it smells in here all nice and clean. You know, uh, uh, the, there wasn't any uh, dimmers on the lights or there wasn't any ambient pads playing. No, it was, it was rough. It was what it was. He took the environment and was still able to do the greatest miracle for our lives. Amen. And this morning, I'm having to fight the temptation of do I, do I go the way I've always approached God or do I try something different in hopes that I can see another side of his face? Jesus. See, the Bible says that, uh, that when it comes to the throne of heaven, the, the angels, they're circling around the throne of heaven. As they circle around the throne of heaven, they see a new side of God. Amen. And it's so magnificent, only one word they can blurt out, and it's holy. holy. Oh, you're so Holy. I want to have that kind of opportunity to where every time I pray, I see another side of God. I see another side of his character or I see I'm I see another side of his love for me. But that won't happen if I'm trying to approach him the same way I did yesterday. It won't happen for this church if we're trying to approach him the same way we did in 98, the same way we did in 2001, the same way we did in 07, the same way we did in 2014, the same way we did last week. Not saying there's anything wrong with those things, but at the same time, God told Gideon and he told uh, he told the nation of Israel through Isaiah, do not remember the events of old. Yes, I'm faithful, but do not limit me. Amen. Yes, I'm faithful, but do not do not limit me. Somebody say it's going to look different. Too many times we create inaccurate lenses in which we view God based off of one miracle or traditions that were passed down to us with no explanation or room for improvement. I'm going to say that again. Too many times, too many times we create an inaccurate lens in which we view God that's based off of one miracle or traditions that were passed down to us with no explanation or no room for improvement. Basically, we're viewing God through, through the wrong lens, through the wrong lens. We're viewing God through a lens of, uh, of a, a past miracle or, or traditions or this is the way we've always done it. We need to do it this way. But understand this, systems create results. Every result in your life is based off of a system, whether it's intentional or unintentional. That's from one of my favorite books. It's called Atomic Habits. 
So therefore, the result of what you see today, I'm, I'm going to hit you where it hurts, the result of the attendance we see today is based off of a system that was already created, willingly or unwillingly. Amen. Our bank account is the result based off of a system that we created, whether it's willingly or unwillingly. Amen. The way we treat people is created off of a system that we've intentionally or unintentionally created in our lives. Amen. Everything, every result traces back to a system. Apples that we get from Walmart, it's traced back to a system where the apples were picked off a tree. Tree was planted by a seed. Seed was planted in a hole, hole in the ground, and the green grass grew all around and around. Gotcha. <laughs> but that's a system. Every result is based off of a system. So now we have to ask ourselves, we have to ask ourselves, okay, the results I'm seeing in my life, what systems did I contribute to create that? And watch this. The, the systems I created, did I allow God in that system or did I push him to the side? Jesus. Did I allow God in that system or did I push him to the side? Then was he trying to do something different or did I say, no, 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 God, no, no, no. You've done it like this in the past. Just do that again. Lord, just, just do that again. When I go to the barbershop, you know, they, they love me. Even when we was in Florida, they love me because no matter who came in, when Lindsay came in, it was the same thing every time. Same thing every time. And now, as I'm going to this one more frequently, they love me. When I went the last time, same thing, boss? Yep, same thing. Nothing new. Just keep, keep it the same way. You got one job. Just do it the same way you did it last time. I can't describe how you did it, but I, I like the result. Whatever system it took, do that. If that means you had to eat some M&Ms that morning to get yourself hyper and ready, do that, sir. If that means you had to drink some tea or whatever. If you had the TV on a certain show that made you hype, do that. Whatever it took, whatever the result, it was based off of a system. This church, our results are based off a system. That's why I'm so focused on the small details. That's why I'm so focused on, listen, before we can do all these hoopla's and jump through all these hoops, we have to make sure the details are right. Because the details produce systems. Details produce systems. Our, our oldest son, Kellen, he was, given, uh, he was given a Lightning McQueen Lego set for Christmas, and he just recently opened it. We, we just recently gone through some more of the Christmas stuff. That's how blessed they were, hallelujah. Oh, thank you. It was you. Thank you. <laughs> She's like pointing at her. I'm like, she got booger? What are you talking about? Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, but okay, so you're going to like this. So he, he looks at the box and, uh, and he's like, Daddy, how am I going to do this? And I was like, well, there's a book in here. Or uh, I said, there's a book in here, but I'll, I'll, I'll find the book in a minute. Just, just give me a minute. I remember I was working on breakfast. And while I'm working on breakfast, he looks at the picture. And he comes to me and says, hey, Daddy, will you open this bag of Legos? And I was like, sure, I'll open this. i open it. And then he goes back to the table. I'm not paying attention because I'm trying to get breakfast ready so they can eat, get out the door, go to school, all this. And as, as I'm working on there, all of a sudden, a few minutes later, he says, Daddy, I'm done. I'm like, what do you mean you're done? And it, he brings it out, and it's, it's the complete set. He put it all together with, before I could even get the book out. And I remember, Wow. How'd you do that? He said, well, this little piece goes with this piece and this little piece goes with this piece. So he realized that in order to get the result, it was a system of putting little pieces together, little details. And even like he said, Daddy, I can't get the sticker on. Will you put the sticker on it? And me, I'm, I don't care about the stickers. Like as long as I play, it plays. But him, it was all about the end result. Amen. And that one little sticker, if that wasn't on there, it didn't look like the end result. Details matter, church. Amen. Details matter. Well, we've done it this way. No, 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 no. We've done it this way before, and that's the, why we had the result we do. What are, well, trace it back to the details. What details did we skip? 
What Lego pieces do we miss? What pieces do we say? Well, we don't need this. It'll be all right. We, we, can, we, can, we can glue it together. We can hunk. No, 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 no. It's about the details. It's about the details. Somebody say it's about the details. So what's going to look different when it comes to following Jesus? Two things. I'm going to quote this from Michael Todd. How we represent God and how we represent the gospel. How we represent God and how we represent the gospel. Two different things. I'm going to say it again. What's really going to look different? Because the title of this is, it's going to look different. What's going to look different is how we represent God and how we represent the gospel. See, we represent God with our heart being invested in him. Wardrobe has nothing to do with it. And I can remember growing up as a kid to wear what I'm wearing now would be, ah. But God knows that, if you didn't know, this is a birthday present. It is one of my favorite hoodies. It feels soft. I like soft clothes because I struggle with eczema. So soft clothes on my skin, it is like heaven. It is like eating a red velvet cake all to yourself and not sharing it with anybody. So I love soft clothes. Also, it has a very deep state statement. It says the goat. If you don't know what goat means, goat means greatest of all time. We live in a culture where everybody loves to throw the claim on this person is the goat, this person is the goat, and they're all false because there's only one, you know, earthly goat, Michael Jordan. Amen. Thank you. But, uh, but I love this because it says the greatest of all time is not a goat, but a lamb. And I love that because Jesus is the lion and the lamb. Hey, he doesn't need your defense. You just open up the cage and let Jesus do what Jesus has always wanted to do. That's why I love the downtimes in between when we're singing and the words go off. And I say, let's just love on him. Let's just open up the door and let him do what he wants to do. Let him do what he wants to do. When you wake up in the morning, start letting him do what he wants to do. Stop trying to approach him the same way we've always approached him. If, that, if, if, he, if you wake up one morning and he wants you to fast that day, well, Lord, it's the middle of the month. Usually I fast at the beginning of the month. Or, Lord, it's, it's about to be March. We, we fasted. No, no, no. If he wants you to do something, let him just do it. Just go with it. Go with the wind of God. What do you have to lose? Hey, this ain't in the notes, but what do you have to lose? I'll tell you what, somebody went with the wind of God and he ended up walking on water for a split second. Amen. He said, Jesus, is that you? Yes, yeah, me. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah, it's me. Or if it's really you, tell me what to do next. Tell me to come out there. Well, come on out there, Peter. Come on out here. And he follows the wind and goes out there. What do we have to lose when we trust in God? What do we have to lose? Well, Lindsay, like, is the, the attendance is already this. The, well, bump the attendance. Because at the end of the day, God's not checking attendance. He's checking hearts. He is checking hearts. Lindsay, attendance, attendance pays bills. Well, guess what? Maybe we need to start trusting God for the bills. Maybe we need to start trusting God for Maybe we need to start trusting God for attendance. Maybe we need to start trusting God to get rid of the bitterness, bitterness. Maybe we need to start trusting God in order for resources to come in. Maybe we need to start trusting God. Maybe we just need to start trusting God. Amen. That's why I said it's going to look different. Amen. It's going to look different than what we've always done. What we've always, how we've always dressed, how we've always spoke, the songs we've always sang. Why? Not because those things are bad, but because God is trying to do something different. God is trying to do something new. Listen, if culture is evolving, 
Do you think God is, is, so, is so limited and, and, and so, uh, so stuck in the, the days of old where he's like, even though culture is growing, I'm, I'm just going to keep doing the same? No, 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 no. God realizes that there is a world that, do, that, that is the opposite of him. And he realizes that, you know what, if I'm going to reach this world, my methods will be different as well. My miracles will be different. I will never. In the Bible, he ain't performed the same miracle twice. So it makes us think in 2022, he's going to perform the same miracle twice. No, 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 no. He's doing something different. He's doing a new thing. There's a song by this, by this group, DC Talk, God is doing a new thing. That was back in the 90s. <laughs> there was an awkward dance with it, too. But if, we were, if they were singing about God's doing a new thing in the 90s, then why are we searching God and saying, okay, God, you didn't do it like this before, so what are you doing? Why are we questioning God based off of him not performing the same type of miracles? We represent God and uh, we represent God in how we represent the gospel. So I said this, I said, represent God with our, how, with our heart, being invested in him. Wardrobe has nothing to do with it. We dress, we, listen, the presence of God is going to come around you whether you dress a certain way or not. Whether you are suited or booted or whether you're denim in some white high tops or white low tops. Or whether you're in your clothes that you paint at the house or in your, your Sunday best. It doesn't, the presence of God is not excluded to your wardrobe. It's not excluded to your wardrobe. Lindsay, I was raised to dress a certain way. Well, then dress that certain way, but don't let that be the limit. Don't let that be the one thing that's keeping you from receiving what God wants in your life. Amen. Because I'm pretty sure none of us are suited and booted. None of us have brushed our teeth when we're praying in the morning. None of us, uh, you know, put the makeup on, caked up, made up when we're praying in the morning. No, no, no. You're giving God all in the morning. So give God all at all times. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't dress your best. No, I'm not saying that. For me, this is, this is one of my best hoodies. So, God, you know what? This is one of my best hoodies. You're going to get one of my best hoodies. But at the same time, I know that, God, at the end of the day, it's not the hoodie. You just want my heart. So if I'm going to dress like this, I got to make sure that I'm giving you all I got. You know, uh, you know when, we're, when we're painting or, or doing dirty work or whatever. Like, for example, when I go to work, I don't wear my best shoes. I don't wear these shoes when I go to work and deliver the mail. Why? Because they're going to get dirty. Uh, you know, I, I want to keep them clean. We refrain ourselves in certain, in certain climates. But with God, you shouldn't be refraining yourself. When you're around the Lord, you shouldn't be refraining yourself. You shouldn't be holding back. You should not be holding back. So represent God with our heart, being invested in him. Uh, represent <clears throat> or represent yeah, represent God with our heart being invested in him. Represent God, watch this, by communing with our neighbors with the same love the Good Samaritan had for the Jewish enemy. We talked about two weeks ago, and then Kelsey talked about that last week. But we represent the gospel by keeping it simple and echoing the words of Jesus. What's going to look different? Representing God and representing the gospel. We represent God with our hearts fully invested in him. We represent the gospel by keeping it simple, by only saying what Jesus said, Hallelujah. by only doing what Jesus did. You know, this morning when the boys were getting ready, Kellen began to do something I didn't ask him to do. I was like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, Daddy never asked you to do that. All you had to do is do this one thing right here. Okay. I was like, isn't that simple? Yes. Isn't it simple when we just follow Jesus and only do that? Jeez. The headache comes when we try to assume. 
the headache come when we start to make our own plans off of assumptions. You know, my, my, my infamous uncle, he used to say as a kid, or he used to say to me as a kid, I don't, don't, well, he's, y'all's, he's your son, y'all's brother, so you get mad at him. This is what he told me, and I've always lived by it. So, but he would say, he would say nephew, assuming to get you killed. And I'm like, what? And he would begin to explain to me, like when he worked on the, when he worked on the ship or whatever, like they had to follow strict procedures. They had to follow details. Why? Because you had planes uh, landing and planes taking off. And if you assumed something was there, if you assumed something wasn't there, you can, and you can be out on the deck and a plane could come in and you wouldn't even know it. Or you can, or you can not hold on to something and turn and all just, it could go, you, there is no room for assumptions. And he would always say, Lindsay, he would say, nephew, assuming to get you killed. And I, I would live by that. I would say, okay, we don't need, I don't, I don't need to assume. I don't want to die. I don't want to assume anything. And then I remember years ago, I met uh, one of my best friends, Kelly. He had another phrase for assuming. But ultimately, it just, it makes you, it will embarrass you when you assume. Because you make a fool out of the person that you're assuming about, and you make a fool out of you. Ultimately, we cannot make assumptions about God. Keep it simple by just, okay, what, is, what did Jesus say in the word? He said, love God and love my neighbor. Okay, I guess I need to love my neighbor. Hey, neighbor, how you doing? My name is da-da-da. If you never introduce yourself. Our, our neighbor, he loves us so much that every Wednesday, he pulls the trash can all the way back up to the driveway. He doesn't have to. He never signed a contract, as far as I'm aware of. He never signed a contract with mom and dad saying, every Wednesday, I'm going to pull your trash can back up the driveway. In fact, there have been times I've been home, and I'm getting home, and he sees me. Hey, he's just pulling. He, uh, it's so funny. He has it rid to the back of his truck, and he just pulls it on up, pulls it on up, puts it in the, puts it in a nice spot, the same spot that we. I'm like, man, how does he know where we put our can at? Like he, he's invested. He's watched and he's learned, and he, he has a rhythm every day. He's detailed about it every Wednesday. He's detailed. It's like clockwork. And when it hasn't come up, I'm like, oh man. He, is, is something going on? Is he okay? Mom, Dad, have you heard from so-and-so? Is, how, how's he feeling? Oh, I haven't heard. We need to check on him. Why? Because he's, he's shown how much he loved us. Amen. He's shown. That's, his, that's the love language that he's speaking to us. What is that? Uh, action. I, I can't even think of the proper one, but um, that's one of the love languages that he speaks. Acts of service. There we go. Acts of service. Acts of service. What love language do you think your neighbors are going to recognize? Well, Lindsay, I don't know. Well, you need to find out. Not saying that we want to guilt them into coming to church or guilt them into loving Jesus by doing things for them. No, no, no. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. So think about the things that you love. Think about the things that you want to see done in your life. And we need to start doing that. Well, Lindsay, I'm very specific. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure your neighbors are very specific. You know, if we're going to be a light in this community, we have to love our neighbors. We have to show it just the same way the Good Samaritan showed his love for his Jewish enemy. So represent the gospel by keeping it simple, simple and echoing the words of Jesus. So um, we're almost done, I promise. But <clears throat> in, uh, in verse 19 of what we read in Isaiah chapter 43, said, look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it's coming. You do not see it. Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So what you notice, uh, notice how God said a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Those two promises would be considered uh, oxymoronic. They're oxymorons. A way in the wilderness, river in the desert. That doesn't make any sense. 
You know, the definition of a desert, there's four different, four different definitions. You don't have to write all of them down. But, you know, definition of a desert is land uh, with usually sparse vegetation or an area of water apparently devoid of life. Um, a desolate or forbidding area lost in the desert or doubt. Um, a wild, uninhabited, and uncultivated area. So in the desert, there's, there's no room for a river to be flowing. But God said, I'm going, what I'm going to do is, is it could be compared to a river being cultivated in the desert. Jesus. Which means what I'm about to do in your life, it doesn't look normal. What God wants to do in our life does not look normal. It doesn't look like we've seen uh, with other people. Well, Lord, this church across the road is building big. They just built a brand new campus. And then, da, 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 da. what do you do in our life? Well, what I want to do in your life is, is build a, a, a river through the desert. Huh? He's telling the nation of Israel, what I want to do in your life, I want to, I want to build a river through the desert. It could be compared to building a river through the desert. Or watch this. It could be compared to making a way in the wilderness. And if you don't know the definition for wilderness, let me give it to you. But a wilderness is a track or region uncultivated, uninhabited by human beings, an area essentially disturbed by human, act human activity, excuse me, together with its naturally developed life, an emptiness or pathless area or region. And he's saying, what I want to do in your life, what I want to do in this church, what I want to do through this church, not just in this church, but through because remember, last year we talked about we need to be cul-de-sats, or excuse me, we need to be conduits, not cul-de-sats. What God wants to do through us can be compared to making a way in the wilderness. Amen. Well, Lindsay, that's, they're, they're, that, the wilderness is, is, is jumbled up. The wilderness is wild. The wilderness is crazy. There's no order. There's no structure. There's no, there's no systems. There's no streetlights. There's no Wi-Fi. There's, there's, no, there's no common resources in the wilderness. How can God make a way in the wilderness? Because he's God. I can't explain it, and I don't need to explain it. We don't need to understand God at all times. We just need to have faith. Amen. We don't need to understand the how. Our oldest son and Keenan starting to do it now, but Kellen loves to ask how. How's this? How's that? How did it? Why's this? What's this? What that? He was asking so many questions today. I, I, I shut him up and I was so happy. I shut him up by I opened a Disney Plus and I found an animal uh, natural geographic documentary on Disney Plus for kids. I put it on there. He, he was quiet. I never seen that kid so quiet. And I opened the door. He's just like this, sitting on the edge of his TV. He's soaking it in. Now, I know I'm going to pay for that because the next few days he's going to be talking about da 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 But I just needed that 15 minutes of no questions. Like, kid, no questions. And I look over on the other side of the room. Kenan's laying with the blanket over his head. I was like, Kenan, you okay? I want to watch something else. <laughs> I want Muppet Babies. Kenan's like, I need color. I need animation. Kellen's just... A lot of times we don't need to know the why or the how. Really, the why is just ultimately because God loves you. That's why. Why is God doing it this way? Because he loves you. Why is God doing it this way? Because he loves creation. He said in, he said in either 1 Peter or 2 Peter that do not, count, uh, do not count him not coming yet. Don't count that as him forgetting, but count it as his heart trying to give everybody more and more time to accept him. Because he doesn't want to see anybody perish. Somebody say, it's going to look different. So let me close with this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15. I said it earlier, but I want, I want you to see it. <clears throat> Kenneth Hagin literally got on to somebody in a meeting because 
he was trying to read the Bible, and Kenneth Hagin said, no, you, got, you have to look at the word and see it for yourself. He said, otherwise, there's no change. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15. I'll do the New Living Translation. Actually, I'm going to go down to verse 18. Verse 18, Paul says this. He says, so all of us, in the New Living Translation, so all of us who have had the veil removed, the veil, now the veil represented Old Testament. The veil represented an old covenant, something of old. Once it's removed, somebody say removed. Come on, let me see you do the, let me see you do the sign. Remove, there you go. Once it's removed, watch this. So all of us who have the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. Pause for a minute. Once we move past the old, what's going to happen? We reflect the glory of God. So what hinders us from reflecting the glory of God is filtering how God is going to do things the old way, the same way. Expecting God to do the same miracle twice. Once we don't expect him to do the same miracle twice, watch this. The Lord, who is the Spirit, the Spirit, somebody say the Spirit, Spirit. makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. His glorious image. Once you stop expecting the same miracle, what, what happens? I start to look more like Jesus. I start to sound more like Jesus. I start to talk more like Jesus. I start to think more like Jesus. Watch this. I start to tolerate just like he was able to tolerate. And once I become more and more like him, I'm able to tolerate that coworker. I'm able to tolerate the spam calls. I'm able to tolerate when KFC is tripping and making people stay in line for 45 minutes. I'm able to tolerate when people mistreat me. I'm able to tolerate when the devil tries to bring up the, the past, all the past mistakes and all the past rumors and all the past. I'm able, I'm able to push past that. Why? Because I've removed the veil. I've stopped expecting God to do the same thing the same way he did it years ago. And I'm expecting God to do a new thing, how God chooses how he wants to do it. One of my favorite worship songs, I say that all the time, one of my favorite worship songs, literally the chorus says, oh, uh, no matter what it looks like, whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, all I want you to do is come. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, Lord, just come. And the author, literally, he was saying, Lord, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care who shows up on a Sunday. I don't care, Lord, if you move us to a Thursday service. Whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, Lord, just come. I just need your presence. That was David's cry. Lord, I just want your presence. I just need your presence. Maybe that needs to be our cry, church. Lord, I just need your presence. Yes, Sunday is great, but what about Monday morning? What about Monday at work? What about Monday when we're doing class online? Or what about Monday when we're raising kids? Or what about Monday when we're driving wherever we're going? Lord, I just need your presence. Right now, where I'm at, I just need your presence. Lord, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, if, it, if it's through a song on the radio, if it's through silence in my car, if it's through I, meeting somebody that I don't get along with and you presenting a chance for me to love on them, whatever it looks like. Somebody say whatever it looks like. Somebody say whatever it sounds like. Glory to glory. Glory to glory. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it. But Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it. I'm going to paraphrase it real quick. Romans 12, 1 and 2. 
And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse two, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Somebody say a new person. Watch this by changing the way you think. That's how you go. That's how you're going to look more like Jesus. The space in between the ears. That's what he's going to change. And he can't change it if we're expecting it to look like it did in 98. Or whenever your golden year was, whenever your golden day was. In Jude chapter 3, or Jude 1 verse, verse 19, these people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow in their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. But you, dear friends, must build each other up. You, dear friends, must build each other up. So, number one, we should, be building, we should be building ourselves up. We should be building each other up. The person you see across the aisle, you need to be building them, building them, building them up. Excuse me. What do we build them up in? We build them in the most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what? You can always tell if somebody's limited by, uh, or you can always tell if somebody's been praying in the Spirit based off of how their limited view of God. I can always tell, many places we've been, I can always tell somebody in worship how free they are in God based off of their worship, based off of their praise. That's why I love to encourage people, lift your hands, because if you understood what he's really done for you, 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 couldn't, you could not be still. See, on Christmas Day, our kids, they rejoice, they jump up, they are ecstatic. When they go to Walmart, they're ecstatic. Why? Because the, they, don't, they, they, don't, they don't know how much money we have. They don't know what we come to get. All they know is, hey, mom and dad are with me. I can get whatever I want. So therefore, their, their attitudes, it shows them. Our attitudes a lot of times shows that God is a Debbie Downer. God's limited. God doesn't love us or he only loves us and shows up on Sunday. And the opposite is true. That's why I got so happy when a couple of you this morning were just, just going at it. I thank God, yes. Because we're singing about how he picked us up. You know what, nobody else picked me up like he did. How he turned me around. Nobody else took the time to invest in my life and turn me around like God. How he set my feet on the right ground. As the seasoned saints used to say, as he set my feet on the solid ground, on the rock which I stand as him alone. Nobody else has done that. Nobody, watch this, nobody else can do it but God. And because he done that, I get excited. I get so filled with joy that I just, I thank God. Like if I wasn't behind the keyboard, I'd kick it. If we didn't pay for it, I'd kick the keyboard because I, I just love him so much and I'm thankful for what he's done. But that's how you can tell if somebody's free, if they truly understand their freedom. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's got to run and do cartwheels and do cart flips and all this and do tumbling. I'm not saying we got to take tumbling classes or anything like that. What I'm saying is your actions reflect how you feel about God. You can't fake it. Either, either you're excited that he's done something, you're thankful, you're grateful. Well, Lindsay, I'm not an expressive person. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a, uh, I'm a uh, extrovert. I'm, I'm not a, uh, or I'm an introvert. I'm not an extrovert. Well, 
none of that matters. If I gave you a million dollars and your introverted self would thank me, your introverted self would hug and cry, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. You'd be you screaming so in a higher octaves, kissing. You wouldn't even care about COVID and social kissing, all hugging, all this stuff. Now, I may not give you a million dollars, but guess what? God has given your soul a chance to live in heaven for eternity. Million dollars can't buy that. Million dollars can't. A million, a million dollars cannot buy what God has delivered me from. A million dollars cannot buy what God has blessed me with. A million dollars cannot buy what God has blessed you with. Parents, a million dollars cannot buy what the children that God has put in your life. Parents, a million dollars cannot buy the, yes, the childhood that you had may not have been perfect, but guess what? At the end of the day, you are still standing. And everybody in this room is surrounded with, if you don't have anybody else outside of this room, you are surrounded in a room with people that do love you. A million dollars cannot buy that. And a million dollars cannot buy, watch this, what God wants to do for you in the future. If you don't remember anything, understand this, it's going to look different. We have to understand that. So as we go forward, as this church continues to grow, as we continue to do different things and build and maybe uh, we shelf different things, don't be, don't get offended. Don't be like, oh man, why, why are we stopping this? Why? The reason we're stopping is because God is trying to do something different and we're just following the wind. We're just following the wind because guess what? The wind blows in areas. Who, who in here has ever seen the wind blow? No, no, no. But we know it's working. We know, we know it, can, it has the power to destroy or it has the power to raise or it has the power to push. We are just going to follow the wind of God. And wherever the wind goes, we go. If the wind goes to a certain portion of the county where uh, we just start pouring heavily on that side of town where we're loving people, we're doing events, we're doing uh, outreaches, or we're just going and, and, and asking people that they need prayer. Why? Because the wind is directing us to that side of town. Or if the wind is asking us to, to come on a Tuesday night for prayer for an hour, then we do it. Why? Not because, not because God has done it in the past. No, because God is telling us to do it now, and he's going to do something through that. If the wind of God is directing us to meet Saturday morning for prayer, if the wind, watch this, if the wind of God is directing us to fast another time, we don't begrudgingly fast. We look forward to it. We look forward to whatever God is asking us. Why? Because he told Gideon, he told the nation of Israel, do not remember what I've done in the past. Don't let that be what you limit how God is going to move in your life. Yes, it's good to be reminded of what he's delivered you from, but do not limit him. Somebody say, don't limit him. It's going to look different, people. It is going to look different.